Danny DeVito had to convince Raoul Dahl's wife or widow Felicity that he was a fan of the original book before she told him the or sold him the movie rights. Matilda? Matilda. The scene of Henry Hill swaggering through the Coca Cabana Club with girlfriend Karen. Goodfellas. Wow, I didn't even finish my sentence. The name in the Coca Cabana Club. Coca Cabana Club was very specific. Lastly, um, in the first hour of the detail about how the mafia run casinos in Vegas. Casino. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was too good to be true. In a world where podcast is spelt with two T's, unlikely heroes Jade and MJK come together to talk about stuff and try to get sponsors for their weekly show. This is Not Another Podcast. And we're back. What episode is this? Season 10, episode 5 of Not Another Podcast. Episode 5? Yeah. Cinco de Podcastio. Do you know how many episodes that makes it in total for our creature? Five. Sorry? 105? No, 95. But I see what you did there being the 10th season. Because we're working up to 100 episodes. Because it's not yet. Can you believe it? At the end of this season, season 10, we will have... Reached the milestone of 100 episodes. Three digits. Three digits. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned off air just before, uh, we'll save that for next season. I'm like, sheesh, you're making me go into odd numbers. That's a commitment. Now I have to, I have to do a season 12 as well. Oh. Yeah, that's my odd number thing. Plus there were 10 season of Friends. You know what else I said off air? That you're a psycho. <laughs> no, and that, that story checks out. I believe your you're, number thing. I believe what you also said was... Oh, man, there's going to be a lot of murder on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We're not here to fuck spiders. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, scissor game yet again. Scissor gang. What up, son? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh. Scissor cuts paper. Wow. We got real excited there. And that's two from two for you. That rhymes. Yep. Meaning that you're going first in what have you watched lately? So I went to the movies the other day and saw Ernhorn's Rise of the Machines. Yeah, we're going to be Rise discussing. of the Machines, Rise of the Beasts. We will discuss son. that for sure. So that's coming up later. And pretty much everything else that's in the title that I've seen will, you know. Reserve. And then uh, also just uh, The Wire Season <laughs> 4. I've, I've started some other shit. So yeah, that'll, nice. that'll happen eventually. Mention, Not mention today. Mention what you started. Uh, Tulsa King with Sly Stallone. Another mm-hmm. Taylor Sheridan joint of uh, Yellowstone and all of those fame. Gotcha. Also... Terrence Winter, Terry Winter as he's known, a producer and a writer for Sopranos. He's on the the cast for that, so of course he is because, you know, mafia. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? South Park. Yeah, started what? I can't remember the number. 24 or 25? Yeah, there's 26 seasons, seasons on Paramount+. So Plus. I started 25. There you go. Thank oh, you. nice. Pajama Day. Good episode. Oh. And uh, what else we got here? Oz. 
Oh, you haven't started that yet. I haven't started it, but mm-hmm. you know, I'll be getting into that. Hell yeah, you will. And uh, the AFL game I was talking about here a few episodes back has gone good. Oh, right, because it's been having those patches yeah. of and updates. Yeah. Recently patched in the uh, mid-season draftees, as well as the gameplay is, I'd say, oh, almost drafts. Okay. perfect. Not perfect yet, because there's still a few little dicky things, like when I try to get a defender on the, the last line of defense so he can punch the ball through, it's it's just trying to run you in the other direction. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Same, sometimes tackles don't stick, but that depends on the quality of the player, so I'm only just starting to really understand that. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, that's good. Good. Fucking good, still going with Spider-Man, you know? Mm. And I still need to finish Last of Us Part 2, second game, time around. Yeah, right. Yeah. Got so to get back from got a, Olivia. Got a few. No, 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 you have her Part 1. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, Part 2. Sheesh. I've got my own Part 2. So if she wants Part 2, you give her your Part 2. I've got my own two, Part 2. You so, know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep, understood. Message uh, received. I think that's about it. Nice. Yep. So what I'm going to do here now is uh, a little bit of audio podcast only. Is I'm going to handball Mm-mm. or pass the baton <laughs> to Jade. And yep, there it is. She's taking it. Oh, smooth transition. And now Jade's going to talk about some some shit. Probably. Now I've got my 100 meter sprint in this relay. <laughs> Breaking it down as MJK gets thirsty. Excuse you and I finished Hacks season one on Stan. The old Who's 30 minute comedy Who's the lead in that again? The lead, well, the character's name is Deborah Vance, but I forget the senior lady, the senior actress's name, which is very poor of me because she's great and she's won an Emmy for both seasons of this show. Um, And then it's got Hannah Einbinder as the young intern who's helping her write new material for her stand-up show. Jean so, Smart, and yes. Jean Smart is a superstar. She Jean Smart, that's I the feel one. Like, Sorry, Jean. I feel like... Pretty much in the last like five, ten years in, you know, she's not like an old lady. But Can I just point something out to you? Look at this. See that there? That's you. Mm-hmm. That's your pee. Sure is. <laughs> it really is. Sorry. And that's my laugh. That's really bad. Sorry. We're just looking at the audio. What would you, the track and where it spikes. So apologies, no. everybody, for all the <laughs> hard peas. I know this is going to blow your ears out. I know. If it depends if you're listening with yeah headphones or in the car. But anyway, that's hilarious. You can see it there. But yeah, she's been doing like Mary's Town, oh. Watchmen, Legion. Yeah, that's oh, a lot of TV stuff, man. John. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, she she's was everywhere. In Fargo season two. Oh, wow. Apparently she was in Veep. You know? <sighs> I don't remember her in it, but another great show. But like, yeah, you know, mm. every, anytime you see her in something, you're like, this is going to be good. Yeah, man. Or at respect. least she's going to yeah, be yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, hacks. This is true. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good laugh. It's very easy watch and a nice mix between, you know, the hour long dramas that tend to occupy most of our watch lists. Um, so yeah, enjoying that second time round. First time for Skusy. I watched on via Netflix a film called mm. Money Monster. Money directed Monster. by Jodie Foster, starring George Clooney and Julia Roberts. I mean Oh, I've seen that. That doesn't get much better than that cast. And this this film has a really nice slot build. Wait, have I seen it? Is this it's where the George Clooney is like a money advisor on TV show. And then... I was going to say a news anchor or something. Yeah, kind of he, like a news yeah, anchor. The yeah, money, the money advisor. And, this, he, uh, and she's the producer. Yes. Yep. And then the kid who played Cook in Skins. Yes. Comes in and he's, he's sort of takes a gun. him hostage. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, you, you cost me money or something. Yeah, your advice... 
resulted in me losing money, but obviously... And hey, it's New York. <laughs> There's a whole lot of corruption happening, which unfolds throughout this film. I think it's only around the 90-minute mark, so it's pretty snappy and... You know, it was pretty good for what it was. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about George Clooney a little later. Wink. Uh-oh. Wink, a... wink. I'm looking at my titles going, no. Oh, I just clicked. Yeah. <laughs> Love that for me. Something that we saw recently, like <laughs> Yeah, two, no, it three just clicked when ago. I read it on the list there. Yep. All right, he's coming up again later. Love that. Anyway, <clears throat> Money Monster was from 2016, and it was it was good. It was enjoyable. It was okay. It's okay. Like, mm. good, enjoyable, not it amazing. Just, it was, they had heavy hitters, so you were all like, this is going to be great, and then it was just perfectly That's okay. right, yeah. Very big heavy hitters. Um, I watched a film from 2017 called The Beguild, directed by Sofia Coppola, the woman who directed films like Lost in Translation. Is she and related to... The Coppola who did the Godfather movies? That is a great question, and I think you should look that up is whilst I continue Sophia talking. Is with an F or a PH? <laughs> it's, that's a great question. I'm thinking F. Anyway, The Beguild stars Nicole Kidman, Elle Fanning, the um, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst? How the f- Kirsten. That's Kirsten Dunst. How the fuck do you spell that? What Beguild, do you mean that word? B-E-G-U-I-L-E-D. E-D. Yeah, The Beguild. Uh, Nicole Kidman. I don't even know if that's a Justin word. Dance, Elle Fanning. 6.3. Oh, Colin Farrell. Sophia and Colin Farrell. Coppola. Coppola. So. <gasps> she also was an actress. She was mm-hmm. in Godfather Part 3. Watch Gorgeous out. lady. Related to Nicolas Cage because he's part of the Coppola family. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So she should have some... Uh... Francis Ford Coppola is either her uncle or a dad. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This makes and sense. He did the... the uh, all right, let's... No Sorry, she going. ended up in the industry then. But anyway, this is set through. Did you say surprise? No surprise ah. that she's ended up in the industry. Maybe then. Um, I think it's the Civil War. This is set through. Um, so back in the day, and essentially, Colin Farrell plays a soldier who is injured. One of the young girls at this school discovers him um, outs- dead. Nope, injured from the war. Ah, she did the Virgin Suicide. She did, which is the Kirsten Dunst link because that was something she was in a long time ago. And, yeah, they take him in and look after him, but he causes a little bit of chaos in the house because they all want his attention. He's, he's the only male and he's right quite good looking and charming. Yeah, it's Colin Farrell. Does he have, <laughs> right? Does he have his Colin Farrell accent or is he not? Uh, know, is he American or something? Think, yeah, he's American. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't do the best American accent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, that was a short 90 minutes, but it was okay. I was going through an Elle Fanning phase, so she comes up um, again in the next film I watched from 2016 called 20th Century Women with her, Annette Benning and Greta Gerwig, who's turned now to directing exclusively and has directed Lady Bird and the upcoming Barbie film, which reminds me, oh my God, I'm such a bad friend. Beck messaged me the other day asking me to go see the Barbie film. <laughs> and I haven't responded because, mostly because I realized, oh crap, I've organized with three girls from work to go different friendship group. Now I have to either go, go twice, twice or say no and then leave her to not see it. <laughs> Which would be a really bad friend's choice. So see I, it twice. I, I'll have to see it twice. Oh, my God. Anyway, I also watched Fargo from 1996. The film, not the TV series, 
with our gal. If you say Fargo, I'm just going to assume the movie. If you yeah. say Fargo, the series, nice. we'll go with that. But the list is at home. Not so much. Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. And can you remember who directs it? Yeah, it's Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers, but one of them specifically, not both. Oh, so it's both of them. of them wrote it then. Yeah. And she's married to him since before the film and still married to you him. You didn't know this. That's why I she's think in. I knew that. That's why she's in like all, all of, of their them. movies. Because he came to her for this specific film because um, she's. Uh, She's pregnant, yes. she's, she's a, a cop, all this type of stuff. And she's like, I'm like 40-something. Right. I, why am I, why am why I, am I pregnant? pregnant? Yeah. And all this type of stuff. And she's like, it makes no sense. And he's like, babe, you're fucking perfect for this role. Just let's see just how it goes. The and then she just, she was just like, oh, you betcha, yeah. <laughs> she got into it. The Canadian accent. No, no, no. very Canada. distinct. Minnesota. Minnesota accent. Yeah. Oh, why do I think it was Canadian? Um, and now I'm trying to think who else is in the film. Oh, Steve um, Buscemi. Steve Buscemi and yeah. William H. Macy mm-hmm. is the, our main guy, our protagonist. Um, so I think this is just about an hour 43 and I think I had to download this one. I call him a protagonist. A protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> He's an interesting one. But yeah, this gets, it's a slow build. 30 minutes until we see Francis appear in what is her title film and her Oscar award-winning film, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. I love that fucking movie. And then it just kicks Fantastic. in. You're like, this spirals. It gets really good. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure if I'm tempted to watch the TV show. I know it's quite different. TV show is really good okay. for different reasons. Okay. But it's the first season is like loosely associated. Gotcha. With like it's, what we see in 96. It's still in Minnesota and <sighs> all that, you Distinct know, accents. Fargo. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them are actually all the seasons, but each season's standard like it's the same universe, but it's all standalone. Like yeah, so it jumps yeah. jumps over timelines. Gotcha. Homegirl, like we were just talking about, whose name Jean I forgot. She's in season two and she fucking rules in that. Nice. Billy Bob Thornton's in one. It's first season. Ewan yep. McGregor. Third season. Yep. Uh, Lots of cool cast members. Angus Samson, our Australian, he's in season two oh, as okay. well, and he's like a thug. He's awesome. Um, and the dude with the teeth from Burn Notice, he's in season two as well. Gotcha. I and can see his pe- face, but I don't know his name. He's a piece of shit, and he's great. Yeah, I forget <laughs> his name. He's a great piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry. You, can you tell I like Fargo? Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see if I get to it. Um, I watched a film called The Village, directed by M. Night Shyamalan in 2004. Widely regarded as one of his worst, but... You know what? I like it. Yes. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Watch it with Roy and Beck and it is one of Roy's favourite films still. That's his words from that two weeks ago. Um, and I enjoyed this second time round. I watched it, I think, when it came out. So what was I, year 12? And just didn't click with it, just didn't get it. And then watching it this time round, despite not feeling very well that day, it clicked. I got it. I knew what was happening, why it was happening. And I had much more appreciation for that. And then Roy was sort of talking about how he loves the romance of it and pointed out some of his favourite dialogue. I'm like, okay, that's good. I appreciate that because I'm making sure I pay attention and I'm mm-hmm. seeing it from someone else's perspective. And I think it's brilliant. Mm. It's really well done. It'd be a great year 12 film if I could get him to commit to the start of it and, you know, the period piece of it all. Well, all these punks, do they even watch totally. movies anymore with their TikTok and et cetera? <laughs> yeah, streaming services exclusively. Some cinema films every now and then. But yeah, that was a fun rewatch. Um, lastly, last two things. I watched Class of 09, which is a Hulu series. So you can access all eight episodes on Disney Plus about um, 
four cops in particular who meet at Quantico. And it tr- is this the Kate Mara one? Yeah, it nice. goes over three timelines: past, present, future. Future's like twenty thirty five. The present's roughly now. They have flying cars and shit. No, oh, okay. but they have the whole premises around technology that's so advanced that it it's basically using all the files from all the different factions. You know, FBI, CIA, CIA, LAPD. You name it. Everything's in the one space, and it's. Uh, almost like artificial intelligence in a lot of ways because it can pick crimes before it happens and like minority report yeah kind of but it's also profiles people quite significantly as well to say you're going to commit a crime or you have committed the crime even though people haven't put the pieces together yet so like you know i was gonna say something racially insensitive but all right no yes and then it just sort of becomes a lot about greed and power and those sorts of things but it's cool jumping back and forth and the cast is cool with kate mara and what's the actor's name the guy tyree something, something. yes and a guy whose name i forget but he's from sensei so i like him and this chick as well whose you, name i forget sepity die you watch something, something called sensei sense eight oh that oh, Netflix Sensei show. Sucked. Sensei was great. It was, no, it wasn't. It yeah, was. it was. If you didn't think it was good, it's because you didn't get it. No, I didn't think it was good because it was trying to do too much and it was just dumb. How many apps did you watch? First, and that was enough no, for me to be all like, this is one of the worst things I've you gotta ever seen. you got to get past the first step. Nah. Because it's confusing. Nah. No, it wasn't confusing. It was just, I was just like, this is not... not confusing. It was weird. They, they All they did was introduce a bunch of incredibly unlikable characters. And I was like, why would I watch this? Oh, yeah, like damn, the, it sucks genuinely. Really the good. European like burglars and mm-hmm. then that poor that Asian bird thing. who's they're like you're From a Korea. female, you're like useless. South Korean, yes. And I was just like, cool. This is not helping me like these people. <laughs> Daryl Hannah, I was just uh, like, oh yeah, she's a very small part. What do you want, crack or something? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree to disagree. Just so we can move on from this, nah, just, this just tension. Final word, not good. All right, moving on. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, we've moved on. All right, I'll be the bigger person and uh, move on to my next item. Yeah, like I said, well, I was the bigger person and said, <laughs> let's move on. Creed 3 on Amazon. I hadn't seen this yet. I've seen the first two, obviously, but this came out this year. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Never got to it in the cinemas. And I already seen any up. of them, son. Yeah, which you going to eventually get to them you've seen yeah. all the rocky films yeah. and this ties in obviously yeah. um it was by the time the second one came out i was like there's a first creed movie like, <laughs> somehow it got past me oh, and wow. now it's all the way That's up to the third and i'm like oh yeah i need to watch those um so this is the, th- the third and final one as far as i know but the first one directed by michael b jordan himself and featuring our gal tessa thompson and, uh, oh, yeah, because I came in and I was like, what in, are you yeah. watching with me in it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, I get the reference. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. So that's me in a nutshell, if you will. Um, let's take a little break. Get to some trivia. Okay. Thoughts? Terrified. But, yeah, let's do it. Gone in 60 seconds. Woo! Side note, this comes with a disclaimer, the hardest Marvel trivia questions and answers. I got me a challenge, son. Let's do this. If you choose to accept. Hardest questions and answers. That's 
and that's answers, l- meaning it's providing you the answers, which is I have oh, that information big, yeah. I was ready like, for going through them. That's like double, double tough. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I need a burp. I've Thank done you. it discreetly and Thank it's done now. And you've got the time already. The question, sorry, the time begins at the end of the first question. What is the name of Thor's axe? Stormbreaker. Who does the mad Titan sacrifice to acquire the soul stone? Gamora. What is the name of the little boy Tony befriends while stranded in Iron Man 3? Harley something. Correct. What is Tony Stark's dad's name? Oh, uh, I know this. Ed? No, 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 sorry, pass. Where do Lady Sif and Volstagg keep the reality stone? Nowhere. No, we've had this before. Yeah, so nowhere, but no, not nowhere. Okay, pass. It's more of a who. What does the Winter Soldier say after Where Steve... Where is the... Col- okay. it's no, collector is not aware. We collector this... is the, uh, who, okay, yeah. Move on. What does the Winter Soldier say after Steve recognises him for the first time? Bucky? Not quite. <laughs> what were the three items Rocket claims he needs in order to escape prison? We've had prison? this before as yeah. well. All right. Um, and I'll, I won't get him again, but let's say leg. Pass. Let's go. What animal does Darren Cross unsuccessfully shrink in Ant-Man? Sheep. Yep. yep. Who was killed by Loki in Avengers? You can answer that one because I finished it. Who was killed? Who was by killed Loki? by Loki in the Avengers? Think Shield. Killed. Mm-hmm. In the Avengers. He comes back in the TV show. Killed. Yeah. Stabby stab stab. Oh, I thought you were saying who was who was killed. Oh, I'm hearing Loki being killed, but Coulson. Yes. Yeah, yes. All right. Let's go back because you got quite My a few there. My brain couldn't understand that yeah. question. I thought Cannot Loki compute. died. I was like, what? okay, ready? One point for Stormbreaker. Two points for Gamora. Three points for Harley. Tony's dad is Howard. That, yeah, that'll that kick yourself when you hear that. Gabed my brain. Dang. Lady Sif and Volstagg give it to the collector. Yeah, but that's not the I question. Know. Where it's where. Uh, Winter Soldier says, who the hell is Bucky? You're like, Bucky? <laughs> so still on three? See, and my brain heard that wrong as yeah. well. I thought it was, what did Steve say to him? The three items were a security band, a battery, and a prosthetic leg. And you get another point. You're fourth for shrinking sheep in Ant-Man. And five for Agent Phil Coulson being killed by Loki. Philly, Phil, Phil, Phil. So last week, six. This week, five. That's good consistency, I must say. Hey, and also... That was the toughest questions and answers. Right. That so, was whoo, disclaimed. So, whoo. And we definitely had some of them before. But that's like, all right, I'll take the five. Shit. This brings us to our feature. Feature. Feature films. Feature. <laughs> Get it? Feature films. So today we're going to be talking about Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. I just got it. <laughs> Extraction 2, The Flash, and Transformers Rise of the Beast. Did I get that right? Something beasts. about beasts. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe plural. Something like yeah, that. Close but enough. I'm going to start with Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, which only I have watched of the two. Take Dylan Hall, let's go. Mm. Anthony Stark? Guy Ritchie is the director. They've had to put Guy Ritchie's name in front of it because there's a film previously already titled The Covenant. He's like Baz Luhrmann now, son. Right. He got that title privilege. <laughs> He's um, essentially the last thing I saw of Guy Ritchie's was Operation Fortune with Jason Statham. Shout out Aubrey Orbs. Plaza. 
exactly she comes up again almost every episode i swear and um yeah a covenant means basically a promise that you make so this promise is referring to the promise that the usa made to a number a number of um residents of the middle east during the war on terror whereby if they would translate for the military for the u.s military then they would be offered a visa to the US, which was appealing to a lot of people because they wanted to escape this war on terror mm-hmm. after 2001. And it, this movie reminds you of things like the fact that this war, like they were there for 20 years before Obama said, get them out of there. We've done our due diligence. It's time to move on to other things. Um, so we've seen quite a few movies set in this particular in these particular two decades. Um, but this is the first one I've seen that's more about the relationship between someone from the Middle East and someone from the US. So our protagonist is played by Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he has like a generic name, like John. And I do recognize some of the other actors in his unit, but it becomes less about them and more about him and this translator. Or as the translator says, I'm not here to translate, I'm here to interpret. And that was a really powerful scene when you watch it. Um, look, I was immediately hooked in this film. It's just over two hours and you can find it on Amazon Prime. Um, and I was quickly immersed in the world of all of this, even though it's something we've seen before. And something that also stood out early on was the music. They played Horse Without a Name as a really cool vibey song that sort of set the tone in a lot of ways, but then it relied much more heavily. Yeah. Sick. It relied much more heavily on the score, which even when you were coming in and out of the room, because this is the day you moved in, I think. Yeah, um, it was pretty miserable that day. <laughs> but that, it, you know, yeah. raised you com- the spirits. You were coming out noting like, oh, that music, the mm. the violin or the cello or whatever was playing I at the time. I think we agreed that it was a cello. A cello <laughs> bass. That had me kind of intrigued throughout. But this is, they're like, oh, someone else had said they'd seen it and was like, oh, it's a bit more of a drama, but... For the first 45 minutes, it's pretty, It's very action-packed. I'm going, no, this is more of kind of what I was hoping it was. Because mm-hmm. if it was all drama, I probably would have disengaged more than I did. The drama aspect sort of comes there in the middle when Jake returns or John returns home. Guy Ritchie doesn't attach no. himself to something that doesn't at least have some action. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the sort of slower parts come when John returns home after his tour and then starts fighting for his translator. Master Sergeant John Kinley. To get his visa, because it hasn't happened yet. And mm-hmm. there's still, there were hundreds and hundreds of translators hired and is many this, of them still waiting for their visa. Is this Ahmed? Yeah. All right, so I'm just looking at now, the past, son. a lot of the film then ends up just being about John and Ahmed and there's quite a powerful sequence. Two thirds of the, or a third of the way through the film where it is just them. They have to rely on one another and it's quite unexpected. And also very beautiful all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's about getting him his visa because as it points out at the end of the film, there's still over 300 Middle Eastern people who, or translators who haven't got the visa yet. And that's kind of what this film is responding to contextually to say they did what they said they were going to do for us. So we need to honor that promise, this covenant of what we did. But man, the action was so good. The relationship, this montage thing that's in there, like I was starting to sort of well up because it was really sort of powerful and totally sympathize with the interpreter in the end because at the start, like John's 
John, you are questioning his allegiance because I'm sure there were many translators oh, that might have not really been worried about doing the job well, just more concerned with the visa. And, of course, a lot of these translators got a lot of heat from their own people. Of course. As traders. So he's got quite um, the burden on his shoulders to carry. Yeah, poor Master Sergeant John Kinley. No, Ahmed. Oh, poor Ahmed. Yeah. <laughs> to be considered a traitor by his people, to jeopardize his um, his wife who's pregnant when we meet him. Hey. Um, so there's a lot at stake for him as Way well. To and get it done, Ahmed. You kind of hope that he's okay in the end. But, oh, loved the action, loved the music, loved the casting, loved that it focused on a different context to probably what we've seen previously. And I would give this an 8 out of 10 and highly recommend. And that's the difference you want when you watch something like yeah. that. You're like, ah, and you know, you can't, you learn some shit, even though, you know, it's Hollywood. Exactly. And also, you know, you got to look at oh, Mr. Handsome Jake Gyllenhaal. My boy, Jake Gyllenhaal, with a full set of facial hair. Because <laughs> when he's promoting it, it's all clean shaved because he's doing this UFC movie now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long has that been in production for? I don't know, but he's filmed his sequence at the UFC. Yeah, that was a... And they did the weigh-ins as well as the quotation marks fight. So, obviously, they did that for a live crowd. But if they're still shooting, you know, like the regular stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He He's awesome. I like it. Yeah. Well. The other thing I was going to point out, too, like there's not been a lot of Guy Ritchie stuff that's been really comedic. Like something like The Gentleman's really funny. Operation Fortune's really funny, except... The only one I can think of is Wrath of Man with Statham, which was very dramatic, very powerful. I that, think this is like that. I'm, I'm it's just so well done, though. Still had its moments for me. Where, oh, yeah. You know, like, because especially with, um, what's Clint Eastwood's son's name? Scott. Mm -hmm. There's some parts in there where it's not like ha-ha funny, but no. you're just going. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing at them. Not, yeah. 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 Um, and same when, um, what's his name? Uh, your boy with Always Tired when he gets like stomped out in that movie made me laugh. Oh, can't remember. I can't remember the character, the name of this person the that you're referring to. Fucking, he's the, the the rapper guy. Always tired. Tattoo. Oh, I don't know who that is. Jesus. All right, that's yeah, I, don't, I generally don't know who that is. Fucking ah, Post Malone. Oh, there it is. That's right. I forgot he was in that. <laughs> I don't call him a rapper. He was at some why. point. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's gotten into the acting game more these days, but I just wanted to point that out. This was not, I don't remember laughing at it. I think there were kind of a, maybe a couple of bits where I'm like, mm. but it was but much more serious. It's the human side of things. You know, Very always, much so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. yeah. So moving to our next title, Extraction 2. Also known as Chris Hemsworth just being a bad motherfucker too. <laughs> Directed by that guy who was a stuntman in a lot of the Avenger films. So this is where you can expect a lot of great action-packed stunts directed in very interesting ways. And just dope action sequences. Yes, including a 21-minute continuous shot. Now, we can acknowledge that there would be little bits there where they're able to cut away and actually have stopped. But it presents as a 21-minute scene and sequence, which is very, very impressive in what they do. Because 1917 did this quite famously but this includes just following two guys walking through a trench into um where the boss is coming back out walking there this is all action all the time <laughs> and very well done because you stuff up any part of the choreography you're starting again 
So it would have been quite a lot of pressure. And I know Chris Hemsworth has said, not the best way to go about it, but a very interesting way to go about it because it's tough work. See, I just assumed that they used, you know, just good camera work to... Blocking and yeah, yeah, yeah. transitions and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Obviously, there would be... Where, where it's just him doing something. Yeah, but, for sure. You know, however however many minutes, that would obviously clearly be fucking terrifying to, you know, because you'd be yeah. like, oh, I don't want to fuck this up. And then, you know, the other stuff. It right? just prompts to some really interesting camera movements. So, Russo Brothers wrote... Wrote. Um, didn't realise this. It's actually based on a graphic novel, which oh, I can't I did not know that either. pronounce the word. Um, I don't know where you're looking. Based no on the graphic novel... Yep. See you, Dad. <laughs> So, yep. C- Maybe it's from a different language. D-A-D by, uh, I'm going to say, and E. Parks. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So, Russo Brothers got their grubby little paws all over. <laughs> grubby. Got their, <laughs> got their hands all what over this. What makes them grubby? Grubby. I don't know. That was just really cruel. Wow, the prejudice. Um, and yeah, directed by Sam Hargrave, starring our boy. That's the stuntman. Chris yeah. Hemsworth. And this is the sequel to Extraction. If you didn't know that, which is on Netflix and came out last week or a week ago, two weeks, no, last week, um, and kind of follows the story, it follows the character more than the story. He's still dealing with the trauma of losing his son, which is relied on more heavily in the first one. And uh, yeah, also dealing with you know putting his body back together because I thought he was dead at the end of yes, the first one. He gets messed up on and the then bridge. I forgot, the, the and then the I was just like, oh yeah, he got. He's oh. almost dead. And then I love that, um, what's her name? Nick comes onto the scene and they're having an interaction in the hospital. And you're like, because we watched this together. And you're like, what's their relationship again? <laughs> and I'm going, yep, I actually don't remember. And when I was talking to Scusi about it, because him and Lorenzo watched it, I was like, did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. But then we got to that scene and we're like, who is she again? So they actually stopped it. Went and rewatched number one just and then backed it up immediately that same night with the sequel. Just so they could understand <laughs> yeah. their dynamic. Okay. They're like, well, maybe we should have watched a YouTube recap, mm. which is a very good strategy for a lot of other films that I can recommend. But they didn't do this. And I'm like, wow, that's some commitment. I can Let's appreciate see, yeah, that. And we were like, we're not so committed. <laughs> Let's just work it out for ourselves as <laughs> the story continues i'm pretty sure i can't remember if it was that movie or something else we watched together oh, i think it was when we were watching secret wars i was like oh yeah who this this or whatever and you go asking the wrong person <laughs> i'm like, yeah, I'm like you're better with that sort of recall but that didn't happen so basic story though did we uh did we mention that yet no nah, but here here it is uh love it <laughs> so idris please idris alba rolls yeah Comes and finds him at his his crib. Says, "Got a job for you, mate. You want to take this job, do you?" <laughs> and he's like, "Get the fuck off my property." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm milk." And he's like, hey, get "Fuck." Because <laughs> he, he's quite isolated. He's like a cabin. Yeah, he's having a great on the time. River. Yeah, yeah, he's staying away from Can everyone. Barely chop his firewood, but he's he's all right. Still in a sling. Just you know, dealing with like you said, the death of his son. And then he's like, "Nah, you know what? I will take this job." Because it's my former sister-in-law and her kids, and uh, we got to get them out yeah. of this prison because mm-hmm. they're living in a prison with their father, who's like top top G. Is that <laughs> your boy? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Enough said. <laughs> uh, he's like top G in the prison. Well, he's top G, and then I'm gonna stop saying in society. That. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a big big old bad boy. Is he kind of mafia? 
Not, or cartel or something. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that version of they're like the top of the food chain mm. and they have uh, like politicians in their pocket and they're like... Gotcha. The police probably too. Why, why is my brother still in prison and the politician's like, oh, yeah, you know, well, we're, we're doing him still a deal, but, you know, he's got to be away for some time. They're like, yeah, no worries. So they kill that politician and um, they get word that... Uh, Hemsworth coming has in taken to do the some wife and kids out of the prison. Yeah, and uh, you know all the excitement ensues with this twenty, how many minutes? Twenty one. Twenty one minute action scene is just them getting out of the prison mm. and then getting on a train and everything's happening. Very and video game like sequence too when they're yeah, on the train. Wild man. and reminds me of Uncharted. And th- this is how you know how powerful this guy and his brother are because like it's just waves of dudes in like heavy artillery yeah. vehicles just trying to non-stop kill him and I guess kill the girl and the, the thing just Nick to and her revenge brother. and because uh, yeah, yeah home, uh, Chris Hemsworth <laughs> kills <laughs> the brother-in-law ex-brother-in-law yeah and then the brother yeah. of the brother-in-law are like he's got his you know, hearing aids and he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking get him. <laughs> and then you've got the sort of the son who was in prison yeah, kind son. of trying to work out if he's on his uncle's side or on mum and Chris Hemsworth's yeah. side. And the mum's all like, you're my son, son. You're my son. You're my boy. Don't boy. be going to your <laughs> uncle. And they, But he does. He yeah, calls he does me and he end. goes, yo, what's up, uncle? And he's got a name like Sandy or something. And he's like, this is me, Sandy, mm. uncle. You can and trust he's just like, where are you? And then he gets shot at and he's like, didn't you know I was there? And he's like, don't worry about it. And then the the un- his uncle has an uncle of his own who's like, we're, we're going a little over the top here. Yeah. Well, well let's scale it back. Yeah. And he's like, all right. And then he kills his uncle. So he's, he's, he ain't stopping at nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then more action. And and then at the, the end sequence there, it seems like Chris and, that, Chris and Nick have been arrested because Nick's brother dies. Um, but then they get brought to the same site where we once again see Idris Elba. He says, I know a guy, hands Chris Hemsworth a business card, walks away and cue the credits. Mm-hmm. So it feels like this is going to just be like, you know, Mission Impossible. A trilogy. <laughs> There's going to be seven films. Mm-hmm. Make that eight. But um, well, look, we can assume there's going to be a third. Maybe not anymore. Whilst you got the Idris Elba cameo, I feel it, if they do a third one, mm. why not, you know, pair them up or something? They can be like the extraction bros. Well, it'll be um, Chris Hemsworth, whose character name I forget, by the way, and Nick. It's Riley? Is pairing up. Riley? Yeah, okay, something Riley. Tyler Rake. Tyler. Tyler Rake. His last name is Rake. Rake. Like Rhymes with steak. But a rake. But a rake. Or a broom. <laughs> but a rake. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so it's open ending. Look, it was a lot of great action sequences. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Fun to watch. A blockbuster popcorn type film, just not in the cinema. So I would recommend. If you love action films, you'll, you'll get into this, no it's doubt. It's also very loud. <laughs> Depending on the sound system you're playing with. Yeah. And yeah. currently a 7.1 on said imdb yeah not bad running just over two hours so when you've got a couple hours free go check it out the next thing on the list the flash you could consider it the flashpoint if you will not even sure who directed it but it's got uh that guy ezra did i confirm it's ezra miller that's the right name Mm -hmm. yeah because i said something else which was like a literary person totally unrelated (laughs) started typing in the miller instead of the flash (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuck's sake. 
So we meet the Flash in Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League. What was it Batman versus Superman we met? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's kind of tease there, isn't it? Because Batman's essentially doing the the Nick Fury, Tony Stark. You know, we're putting a team together. We're putting a team together. So but then instead, we see he's him. like, um, yeah, I know you, you got some powers, son. And he's like... Thanks for noticing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we see him in Justice League. We also see him in the TV show, The Flash, as a little cameo. Like, wait, what are you doing here sort of thing? Little tease for the multiverse before we really had the multiverse. And now we've got him in his own standalone film looking at this Flashpoint paradox, which has been notoriously addressed previously in a very well-received animation and in a season of the TV show on CW, The Flash. Yeah, we don't care about that. But that's not the point. And... Check out this guy's last name, Andy, the director. Andy. So he's clearly some kind of, you know, Italian. He's probably mobbed up. <laughs> and he did. He's our director. He did the most famously for, at this point, It and It Chapter 2. Can I tell you a quick funny story about this film? It was at dinner Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And the at, Flash. And one of the girls said to Alice, oh, well, it's Matt doing tonight. Oh, she's gone. he's going to see The Flash. Then Natalie goes, <laughs> Natasha, sorry. Natasha's like, Oh, yeah, m- might see that. Really enjoyed the first one. And they kept going back and forth. And I'm like, hang on, guys, just can I just interject here? The first one, what are you referring to? Justice League, like where we saw the Flash previously? No, the first one with the kids. And I'm like, go, what are you talking about? And I'm she really kept intrigued. describing it. And I go, you're talking about Shazam, guy in a red suit. She got very confused if you don't know the difference. I'm like, fair enough. And then Alice was actually referring to the first one also and agreeing with her, but thinking about another film entirely as well. And I can't remember which one that was, so I had to point out to them, you're talking about Shazam, you're talking about this. Matt's actually seeing The Flash, who's also DC, but was introduced in Justice League. (laughs) They had no idea, like, oh, yeah, we won't be seeing that. No concept of who this person actually was. Anyway, I had to interject that because I had quite the chuckle. That's fantastic. Because we just finished talking about the fact that I have a podcast about film. I know a lot about it. And then they went into this convo. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, must say something, must say something. Two people talking. (laughs) They think they're talking about the same thing, but they're really not. But they're having a great time. Yeah, Yeah, Both beautiful people love them both. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Anyway, I cut you off there. Um, I don't know what you were saying. I don't think I was talking. Okay, okay, okay. You were, you were looking, <laughs> I was listening. You are talking about mobs. You I just said Machietti or whatever the kid's name is. Yeah, oh, so it's a dear. movie. Uh, it's a movie, a DC film where we address the flashpoint where, you know, Barry discovers, Barry Allen, that if he runs fast enough when using the speed force, he can travel time, aka time travel, and insert himself into those particular, into different times. So, of course, he chooses to go back to the time or the day in which his mother dies. But that comes with the complication. Side is note. He's murdered, sorry. His old man is in prison for, for the murder. wrongfully in prison for mm-hmm. killing his wife slash, you know, Flash's mom. Exactly. So, there's, you know, it's two parts. He could get his dad back, mm. essentially, and out of prison. And, you know, get his mom back, who's yeah. an Italian woman, I think. She got to the accent. Nora, Nora. Yeah. Alan. Alan, I was going to say Miller. Get out of my head, right, Miller. Right, that's the actor. But of course, the consequence there is by going to that time period, the risk is you're going to run into your other self who actually exists in that time. And that's where you have that butterfly effect where anything else now will impact the future you return back to. But it's also the strict rule of time travel is 
not to interact with your other self and not to mess with the timeline in any way whatsoever to avoid that butterfly effect. So, of course, he uh, ignores the advice and goes out of his way to try and ensure that this other Barry Allen still gets his powers, but mum doesn't die and it backfires when the Barry from our timeline doesn't get his powers or has his powers taken away actually and the other one he has to train the other guy up um to use his powers for the right reasons Mm. essentially it i mean we get the cool part of this is we get a different variation of supergirl in this new timeline and well the only variation of supergirl we get what are you talking about there's been two TV series previously. Nothing to do with this. No, but I'm saying we've seen we've seen Supergirl before in live action, but this is the first time we've seen her in a film, and she's sort of the what the Supergirl that's tied to uh, Russia. Um, and then we get our a very different Batman as well. Our Batman in this timeline is played by Michael Keaton. So Affleck started the movie off being, you know, that Zack Schneider. That I'm just Bruce Wayne. Say that yeah. Jack, Zack Schneider Justice League thing. We also got a nice little cameo from Gal. So Yay, and he's literally so he's literally the one that goes, Hey, Barry, don't be don't be fucking around. Yeah. Don't don't respect the timeline. Up. Like, I understand what you're doing. But he feels like he's backed into a corner because his old man's gone away forever with his last appeal. Yeah. So he's like, nah. He's desperate. Nah, son, I'm doing it. So they go to find Batman because he's like, we're friends. Yeah. Well, he's my friend. I need your he's help in pal. this timeline because I've messed it up. And then we see all the little little Easter eggs that says, this is Tim Burton's Batman. And if yeah. you hadn't seen the yeah, trailer. the music, you, yep, everything, yeah. Hadn't seen the trailer and didn't know Keaton was going to show up. You, you're like, what's going on here? Yeah. Hey, what didn't come here to fuck spiders? Anyway. <laughs> so Keaton's there and then he starts pretty much just taking a direct shot at uh, Avengers Endgame with their version of time travel. So it's like, you seen this shit in a movie, you dumbass? <laughs> yeah. So here's how it actually works. And then they get together and say, let's go you save... spaghetti, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> delicious. Yeah. Let's go save Superman, but next minute, Supergirl. It's Supergirl, yeah. And then she's all like, check out how fucking jacked I am. <laughs> how good <laughs> I am. she gets into the sun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, how good's this? And then they're like, oh, Zord's here for some reason. One of my least favorite things in... All of Man of Steel, we see him. Yeah, uh, just this. You might, like I said to you, I think you might as well you watch did. Toddlers fight because that's they're right. equally matched. Yeah. there's no point in you know having Superman and Zord. It's just pointless. Um, which turned out this time travel pretty much was as well. They all die, then they don't, and then they die again. Uh huh. And then it, it was all for nothing. Yeah. And Barry could have just gone back and put the can of tomatoes in the thing. Yeah. Not did it. And then, you know. So basically he realizes he can't save his mother, but maybe there's something he can do that can help get his father out of prison, which is a very small thing well, that he, he does, but smart. can. You can, Kinda. but it, yeah, it comes with a but lot of consequences. But it changes the world yeah. around him as well as the one not around which him. Which is the point of Flashpoint. So Timelines. Yeah. But the cool thing is seeing Michael Keaton again as Batman and him recalling like, you want to go? Was it? Well, you want to get nuts? Something like that, which is from the, the Batman he's in when he says, "We're all little nuts, or we're gonna get a little nuts." Yeah, we, and then he's like, "You want to see yeah. crazy or something?" Yeah, I, don't know. I can't remember. But we yeah. see his Batmobile. We get the um, Danny Elfman score. A lot of um, yeah references to, as you said, the Tim Burton Batman, um, and it's them paired up for 
the majority of the of the film as well. So I love there's a lot of Batman and Gotham connections and um, Easter eggs in this, which I enjoyed. Um, and then obviously when Fly, uh, Barry Allen returns to his timeline and Dad gets out of prison, obviously there's still some things that have changed because he's ringing Bruce and mm-hmm. then a car pulls up. And that's when we see our boy George Clooney pull up as this We've just Bruce Wayne. Going back to the start here where we're like, yeah, we'll yeah, talk about George. That's right. right. Wink, wink. But you didn't see him wink. So had a bit of a chuckle of that because obviously George Clooney played Batman previously and probably the worst Batman films of the whole franchise. It was okay if you're a child. Yeah. A young person, which and is what need, we were when they came out. Yeah. And yeah. they wanted to sell toys at McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> So he's returned to that world and everything's not the same. But we were talking about we not knowing the future of this Flash. I think with, um, what's his name taking over? Oh, uh, James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn taking over. I think most of these superheroes are changing anyway, and the Flash isn't part of this new canon world. If they just bit the bullet on this, like yeah. back in 2018 when it was supposed to originally come mm. out, you Such would imagine like the success of it would have been huge yeah whereas now it's like people are like eh because it's there's so many bad faith yeah with the, the original release of justice league being not great batman versus superman was eh yeah and, and uh, then wonder woman 84 wasn't great either oh that was trash. and then ezra miller being a douchebag in real life mm-hmm. has not helped either you got no one marketing it from that perspective either so and like you said because james gunn's going to flip it all on its head people are like well i'm not going to see it. it doesn't really matter it's not canon in that sense mm, and up until we spoke about it on the podcast and you're like i want to see it and i was like nah fuck it and then i was yeah. like no nah, i'll go see it with you it wasn't a bad movie no not at all i laughed a lot at this yeah, i enjoyed yeah, it for what the, it was and respected it for what it was, it was good the the action was whatever some of the cgi was horrible like the way they just tried to plaster nicholas cage's face so yeah it's just like yeah, yeah. i could have done without that yeah we get a lot of cameos there at the end but yeah it just it felt seeing everyone's doing some form of multiverse yeah. time travel yeah. bullshit like Tapping and again they could have got in on the ground floor they this was th- their concept the yeah. f- most famous one for yeah that true in all the comic true. books in my opinion yeah is that flash bullshit i agree but yeah to me like yeah too much too much bad faith too little too late <laughs> Uh, but yeah, perfectly okay. I think mm. I've said that a lot in the last two episodes. Perfectly fine. But perfectly fine. No, nothing that you're going to, you know, say like, oh man, you got to see it. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, how much everyone loved No Way Home with Spider-Man. Like it's not that. That level. Keaton was great. Love Keaton. For sure. But yeah. And also, this is the only thing, I, even though we just said James Gunn's flipping everything. Yeah. I posed this question when we saw it. Does this mean Affleck's just gone completely now i believe so as well same with cavill cavill however if i can say his name the only one i know has been locked in as i read it last week is gal gold godot is remaining as wonder woman when oh, you'd assume um arthur aquaman jason oh Momoa, yeah because yeah, he, he had the post credits we haven't had number two come out yet either have we is that even happening yeah there's trailer and everything was it yeah right which means that's also got the same precedence as this is like is it canon does this matter? Well, he said the, so. the first one in his world, I can't remember yeah, what it is. but yeah. Atlantis. No, 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 James Gunn. Oh, okay, sorry. The first release for yep. him is whatever it is in how many ever years, and yep. that's like when the soft reset starts. Okay. And then I think there's a few other things. And he also said everything, whether it be animation or live action, it's all 
connected. Cool. All right. That's the only things I can remember, but he's really enthusiastic about it. What's up? Yeah, keen for that. Well, moving on. Yep. Rise of the Beasts. I have not seen this, so I was going to give you a, get you to give us a quick snapshot of what that was like and whether you enjoyed it or not, whether you recommend I see it. Uh, answer to the question of recommendation, yes. Done. Don't know if Add you, it to my list. I know you like the cinema experience. I think this is a perfectly good yeah. cinema movie. Uh, Anthony Ramos plays Noah Diaz. He's he's our Shia LaBeouf or Mark okay, Wahlberg. Yep. Uh, set in New York in 1995. Oh, you mentioned this, which is very appealing, this, to be honest. Yeah, and there's Wu-Tang playing at the start. They're in like, you know, the Bronx or Brooklyn or something. Just And uh, it set the tone perfectly for me. And the tie-in is bu- the Bumblebee film. Yeah, because Bumblebee's in it? Or? He's in it. Yeah, okay. But it's they're all, they're all the same. They're all connected. Yeah. All right. So, and Bumblebee was the 80s, right? Yeah, I can't remember. I think, because timeline-wise, definitely before, I think. God, yeah, that makes sense now for this to be the 90s. Yeah, and so Wu-Tang playing lots of 90s hip-hop, well, 90s New York hip-hop. So this kid, Noah Diaz, he's got a sick brother. They can't pay the bills. He's trying to get a job. You find out he's ex-military. He got discharged. Because uh, he wanted to get home and take care of his brother, but you know every job he's going for in security, they're like, "You're not a team player." And he's like, "Come on, man! I really need this job." Like, "Come on, man!" Kind of sounds like Legazamo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, he's his homeboy comes up to him and goes, "Yo, you, you need money? Bet. Let's go to work. We got, we're gonna go steal this car." As you do. And the dude, his philosophy is like, hey, we're doing these old, these these rich old heads a favor, man. And he's like, and then he literally pokes his head out the window and goes, yeah, welcome. And then it's like, man, you're drawing attention to us, man. Don't be doing that, man. Anyway, so he goes to steal this car. And it turns out it's a transformer. Of and, course. And the car starts driving itself and the cops are chasing him. And he's like, help me. The car is possessed. <laughs> and then... Uh, Mirage, the Transformer, he's uh he says a lot of kind of questionable shit, like because oh. the Transformer or the the, the Transformer, gotcha. Because he introduces his brother or someone to, and he goes, "It's a work friend," <laughs> and the Transformer goes, "Come on, bro, you were inside of me." <laughs> oh, I love a, a sort of kids film with adult references that the kids go, "Didn't get that." Yeah, so. So your nephew wasn't laughing at that one? No, well, he no, like literally the whole crowd, like me included, went Jesus, like, <laughs> oh, wow. like, like a oh, <laughs> oh, a bit much, <sighs> crossed the line. Like, I can handle them saying shit, but like you're talking That's about That's another level. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they they oh, f- find out that there's some naughty transformers coming down, and uh, they need to get. Uh, the two pieces of this puzzle to so they the transformers they want to get home and these naughty dudes they've got like their boss wants to eat the planet like he's a planet eater that's that's his oh, whole wow. gimmick yeah so they need to save the world and the transformers want these things so they can get home um and then the beasts are there and they're like what's up nah man we don't we don't want to engage in this because right. you know like we, it'll end poorly yeah but anyway all that happens. They go to Peru because that's where they find one piece of this puzzle thing. Everything comes up flowers. Everybody, you know, wins. Yep. Naughty boys go away. End of the film. Diaz gets a job at a security thing. This this is the most interesting part. Yeah, you were me. telling me about it. So Transformers are Hasbro toys, right? Yep. 
pretty much the whole reason a cartoon exists was to sell toys. Yeah. That's pretty much why any cartoon and exists. The l- and the success yeah, of them of, relies on the success. success of toy sales. So that was the thing back then. I don't know how successful Transformers are modern day with selling. I know nostalgia-wise, yeah. like there's a lot of collectors. A little bit, yeah. Uh, anyway, no ideas. He goes, he gets, he has the job interview, and you're looking at the guy, and you're like, I know him from like a lot of shit. Whatever. Good mm-hmm. actor. And then he's like, I know everything about you, Noah Diaz. We're going to pay for your, your brother's health and all this type of stuff. This is like a good faith thing. But mm. come work for us. We need you. You saved the world. And he's like, wow, man, you know all about me, man. Shit, wow, whoa. Mm. I can't do it. Blah. And then he hands him this card. He hands him a card. And I'm mm. all like, all right. So it's Sector 7 or whatever from like the first one, yeah. probably. Wrong. Card says G.I. Joe. Also Hasbro. G.I. Joe, the card yeah. says. Remember what G.I. Joe is? Those shocking movies they've been having. Yep. So I'm feeling like they're just, this is the beginning of the Hasbro verse, or at least to say, hey, we are one in the same world, even yeah. though there's never been a Transformer in a G.I. Joe movie. Of course. Yeah. The connecting it that way is very interesting and yeah. quite the tease and Easter egg to say, mm. maybe you're going to get some more of this. Because there might not be, or if there is another Beast movie, do we have no ideas? Or yeah, that's are right. Are the G.I. Joes in the next. Yeah. Rise of Beast movie? Opens or is he, lots of different things. is he one of the main characters for G.I. Joe's? Shit. Because I don't fuck all about G.I. Joe's, except there's nah, G.I. Joe's and then the Cobras, I think, are the, the bad guys. Yep, correct. So I wouldn't even know if there's a you know a Diaz and a G.I. Joe's. Couldn't tell you either. Plus they all have killer fucking handles, you know, like, I'm Moonraker. <laughs> Speaking of rakes. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Nice. So you recommend I see it? It's definitely been on my list. Like I will see it and, and acknowledge it would be best in the cinema. So I think maybe Roy will go with me on that one. And with these later Transformers movies, by that I mean Bumblebee and Rise of the Beast, mm. they're doing less with the silly action, mm. which I think is much more palatable. It's very Michael Bay of the previous films. And just easier to watch. Whereas like. Mark Wahlberg ones especially it's like the last 50 minutes is just nonsense with yeah. action like it's like yeah it's cool but does nothing yeah, for I me them. yeah you, well, fair enough and um because I saw this movie with the sister and the nephew and my mom was there it was lovely nice little family day but my sister was just like why was this in 94 mm. like what's what's the point that's she was, fair question because like she was like I like music stuff but how does this fit how does this work kind of thing you know and I was just like well you gotta remember in the Mark Wahlberg one the world's pretty much destroyed. Yeah, this is true. I was like, I think that's the only thing. And also they're just trying to, you know, they've been here a long time or whatever. And just like, why not? And I'm like, I like the 94th setting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That was one question. I was like, I don't have an honest answer for you. No, me neither. You know, the world is pretty much destroyed. Thanks, Wahlberg. What's your uh, rating out of 10? Uh, I don't do a 10 scale. Seven. Sorry. Score out of seven. Recency burst. I'll give it a very... Very nice five out of seven. Nice. Hmm. Can recommend. Can recommend. Definitely the cinema. Rock and roll. Rise of the Beasts. Kip Crew represent by. Thank you for tuning in to not another podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. 
all one word, not another podcast with two T's. Or check us out on Twitter, Tweets by Nap. Wherever you are, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night.